All right, welcome to Wealth Cartel Legends, where we talk about how hindsight is a motherfucker. Um, our mission, guys, is to stop people saying, I wish I had listened, and to help people to capitalise on everyone else's mistakes before making them yourself. Yeah, in summary, our tagline says it all. Uh, turn our hindsight into your foresight so you don't have to make the same mistakes that we did. That's a $20 fucking glass of scotch because they wouldn't let us have a shot. Uh, we're actually at Bella Vista Hotel, guys, by the way. We should give them a shout-out there. Um, we do tag them. Yeah, Bella Vista Hotel, shout-out. We should put in our intro, actually. Yeah, they're, um, they're letting us record in here for free. The light, we need to fix the lighting, but other than that, we're pretty good. All right, welcome, guys, to, what is this, episode eight, I think? Episode six. Episode six of the Wealth Cartel podcast. We're doing a little bit differently today. Our guest, Lauren Peters. Hey, Lauren. Hey. How you going? So Loz is up in uh, in the beautiful sunny coast, uh, runs her business remotely. So this is the first remote one we're doing, so we don't have the weird headphones and stuff on today. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but to intro Loz, so Lauren is an Arborn extraordinaire. She's the MVP to it for Australia, or one of the MVPs for Australia. She's a mother of three, all-round straight hustler and, and a good chick who's come up with her fair share of struggles. So we thought it'd be a good bit of diversification to get Loz on today. She's... um. She's a bit of the epitome of success for most mothers out there and, and, and women in general. And we like to change that from men to women and um, think there's a, a, you know, taking it away from the streets for a minute, you know, just getting away. There are hustles out, there are struggles outside of the streets. So Loz is going to do our fair share of that and appeal to a few more people on that. So welcome Loz. How are you? Yay. I'm fabulous. How are you? Yeah, well, 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 well. Good, I'm tired. Good. Oh, fuck. You already. We just this is the this is how the podcast goes. I I talk and and Echo complains. Yeah, and, and we work well together. <laughs> yeah, bounce up as well. So, Loz, let's give you an intro. Uh, do you mind intro on yourself for everyone here? Let everyone know who you are. Amazing. So, like you said, you said my name's Lauren Peters. Um, I have a very successful online health and wellness business with Arbon, um, and have been fortunate enough to to grow that to basically the top level, which is really cool. Um, so I've been doing that for five years. I have three young kids, so six, two, and one. Uh, so life's crazy. Um, yeah, I'm busy. I have been a single mom for quite some time, but I've recently uh, found someone, which is amazing. So in love and, yeah, just happy, but definitely have kind of, had struggles the last couple he's of years. He's a rig. He's a rig. He's, a, he's like he's like an Aussie's version of Paul Walker, but he's a, he, yeah, he's he's, he's a like fisherman. And shit. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're different. They're made different. Those spearfishing. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you, jump in the water and just know you're going attacking big predators. That's not <laughs> in their yeah. in their yeah. habitat. <laughs> He just bought like a big spear gun to spearfish marlin. So he's he's very excited about going and getting very big fish. <laughs> okay. I know. No way in the world. When we were in, in the Cook Islands, you can fish and there's like people right off the side of you that spear. And there were sharks everywhere off the boat, like attacking our fish. Like we're pulling fish in and the sharks are hitting our fish. And these dudes, yeah. like they're down there spearing while the sharks are, I'm like, not for me. No way in the world. Yeah, I think I think they see sharks most times they're out. Like it's just normal for them to. Well, that's you know, where they they'll live, come yeah. up. <laughs> that's where they live. I, like they go out chasing the big things that shark that sharks eat. They're trying to catch the safe. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, and especially at the moment because whales are around. It's like whale season, which means the whites kind of follow the whales and try and eat the baby ones. So there's lots of whites around. 
Yeah. You, can't, you can't be you can't be casually calling them whites like yeah. <laughs> just this, yeah, they're just being white. Yeah, you mean this? Just, yeah, just casual. I try not to think about it, but yeah, it's full on. That's oh, crazy. Yeah. So, so I learned a bit about you the other day, Lost. So the next step, just go into tell us a bit about um, where you're from. You know, where your life sort of transitioned and how you grew up, whereabouts, what it was like, and then we'll get into yeah. get into the mindset stuff after that. Yeah, cool. So I grew up in the Snowy Mountains in New South Wales, actually. So um, in a very small town called Berrydale, which is kind of between like Cooma and Jindabyne. If anyone knows, like Jindy has kind of been been up the snow, um, which I, you know, I hated it at the time, like growing up in a small town. I thought it was like a hole. But looking back, I think that, you know, it was an amazing place to grow up and it was a good community as well. But yeah, so I went to school down there got to go like school skiing for sport um yes that was good moved to Canberra when I was uh basically out of school kind of headed to Canberra which is kind of what people did just for like work so got a job um in the in uh kind of like the health systems working for a hospital then I worked for a law firm then I met um my daughter's dad, Mackenzie's dad. So he was in the army with Ryan, actually. It was kind of how we know each other. Um, weird thing. And moved to Townsville. So we were, yeah, I was 19. Fell in love and, like, literally moved across the country. We'd, we'd like, he lived in Townsville. So we were kind of doing this long-distance relationship. We'd met, like, a couple of times. And I moved to Townsville. Looking back, it was crazy. I think my mum was having a heart attack. Um, but... Yeah, and I actually really like Townsville as much as people like, oh, that's my dog, as much as people pay it out. Like, I, I enjoyed it, just like laid back. So, worked at a law firm. Sorry, worked at a law firm um, downtown in Townsville. What's that? Rather Townsville than Canberra. I'm actually leaving straight from here to go to Canberra. Oh, Canberra's. Studio down there. I don't know, like, I would never live in Canberra now. There's literally nothing to do there. Like, it's very public service. Like, I don't it's know. Pino and Picasso now, Loz. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're going What's there. What's that? Pino and Picasso now in, in Falconer. His business. That's my business. So oh. we're opening up tomorrow night. Oh, it's Saturday night. Oh, okay. This is Loz's business. You're still plugging your own business, <laughs> Sorry. I mean... <laughs> I, I still have a lot of my business down there because obviously I live there and kind of that's how I'm connected with a lot of people. So I would love to go back and like catch up with people. And I, I really enjoyed it when I was there. But I think looking back, like, because uh, I live on the Sunshine Coast now, so I've been here, there and everywhere. But being close to the beach and the sunny coast, like it's my jam, like the Sunshine Coast, I just would never leave here. Being It's just so beautiful here. I just can't imagine living somewhere that's not on the beach. Very sick. <laughs> that bad you reckon? It just keep getting worse. You got you're supposed to stick in your gum. You're not supposed to keep chewing it, you spam. Right. It's like tobacco, chewy tobacco. It's like I'm chewing a cigarette. Alright, so tell, do you want to tell us a bit about what it was like growing up, Loz? So maybe not so much yeah. the lectures and stuff, but just sort of, you know, how did you go how did your family grow up down there? Were you you know, did you were you quite privileged or not? How did you how did that shape you as a person kind of thing and, and how did you transition through that to where you are now? Yeah. Um, oh, my parents definitely weren't like rolling in money, but we also, we didn't struggle. Like, I don't remember really going without as a kid. We, we were comfortable. We got to live a really good life. Like 
mom, um, dad was a manager of a plumbing supplies and mum um, started like a, a business and um, bought into another business. So they were hard workers. I think, you know, I did see them working really hard as I grew up and working hard for to give us girls everything. I have two other sisters. So growing up with a house full of girls was was challenging i remember just thinking i've got to get out of here and my sisters are younger than me so they were just like super annoying but um yeah it was good we got to camp every year like we were we were kids you know we didn't have big pressures of like having to kind of be certain thing i think mum did well protecting us from from social media from yeah it wasn't really a thing back then but um living in a small town we were like just ferals you know which i think looking back like appreciate that childhood a lot you know camping and just being really grounded um yeah so definitely there was you know there was i don't have a struggle i don't my childhood was my parents were amazing like i don't have any story like that but i think looking back like you did come from a small town so that that was um for you to go even just simply going from a small town to where you are now is a bit you know that's a big big difference big change i think the biggest thing for me, like with the wealth cartel, like the thing that I'm learning is you, one of us might have a struggle, yeah. one of us might not. Ultimately, it's a struggle to to make you like if you've had a really good upbringing, a really good life, it's a different struggle in itself to then go out on your own and, and, and venture out and do your own thing because it, it is so easy to fall into the trap of, oh, well, I've always had everything, I can just continue to have that. And I think the mindset, regardless of whether you've had nothing or everything, or in between, the mindset still has to be to be the same to continue progressing once you're an adult. Yeah, I think it's a good diversity too. Like having, you know, we get a lot of, we've got a few guys that grew up hard, like grew up from the areas that we grew up and stuff like that. And But yeah. the, the thing I love is the struggles are the same for whether someone was privileged or not because you've still got yeah. to make, so life's a fucking struggle on its own. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and and it's, it's amazing to see the lessons that people pull and, and the, the, the traits that they're pulling, whether they were privileged or not, are very similar. You know, you just and maybe... When you're given everything, it's actually harder to then go and do it yourself because you haven't learned you haven't learned how to hustle, you haven't learned unless how to... You, unless you're given everything and then you listen to Wealth Cartel podcast and you put a lesson <laughs> yeah. to play while you're yeah, there. That's, that's a good one. That's a good little... <laughs> yeah, I, look, I've got, you know, I've got a couple of, a couple of friends... You know, similar to you, where where they've you know they've they've got they've had that upbringing where it, it wasn't so much of a struggle and don't like we we've spoken about it as well. Our, our parents did a really good job in bringing us up. That didn't mean they didn't struggle. And I think the, yeah. the key for the key for me moving forward, the more people that I speak to in regards to the same thing, ultimately success is driven by the same mindset. And yeah. people who want to succeed, as opposed to people who want to make money or people, you know, with me, I don't look back into my childhood days and go, oh, well, that's why I'm successful. I'm successful because I, I just wanted to be me and I wanted to go out and get yeah. it. And, and like, I'm sure you're the same. It didn't matter what yeah. mum and dad did and where you come from or how good you had it. At the end of the day, you want to make it for yourself and you want yeah. to be able to let everyone know, like, this is me and not what someone else said about me. Like, growing up in the West, everyone thinks, like, with me, I, I know for a fact, like, oh, you know, people, they think less of you growing up or or they think you can't do it. So for me, that was more of a drive. And then with you, it's like, oh, well, you know, Loz has always been given given everything and, and your mindset's going, well, mm -hmm. I don't want to be that. I, I want to go get my own thing. And I think feel like yeah. you're making the middle. Yeah. You know what and I mean? the victims are the same, use the same thing. You know what I mean, like how many people do they, you use, you know, same as if you had 
someone privileged using that as an excuse versus someone from the West who uses that as an excuse to not succeed. It's the same mindset. Yeah. Excuses different. are the same. Yeah, yeah just, that's right. Yeah. And anyone who shows this trade is they want to do it for themselves and they want to take control. Yeah. All right, cool. This is, I really like this. this is a really good chat. Really good. Yeah. Really good. We're really, really switched up. So what I want to know, the next step is about when. When did your mindset shift? Now, for you, I think that's more so when did, you know, like Townsville, so my wife, Gemma, lots of friends with Gemma, she knows Gem, um, grew up in Townsville. That's a small town as well, essentially. And you yeah. see the, the big mindset shift is people leaving that small town, taking that small town. Because, you know, you yeah. said you weren't rolling your money, but you had a good upbringing. It's easy yeah. to do in a small town because you, there's not a lot. Like you don't, you can live a very, a lot of people move there to be able to earn less to live a better life, you know, because it's, it's much yeah. cruisier. What, yeah. what was the mindset shift that took you? Because it, it's quite amazing seeing, like, anyone who knows Berrydale, like, I just came back from the snow and we drive through Berrydale every year. We go to the snow and it's like, it's like four shops. Like, it's a small town. Like, and yeah. how did, well, it's amazing to see you take from that. Now you're living off the sunny coast and you live a, you live a good life, Loz. Like, um, full, full preface here that Loz is a client of mine, so I'm going to keep raising her up. But um, you you live a good life now. Well, what was the mindset shift to take you from sort of taking that into hustling? Like you're on the, the long end of hustle. You're not like I'm hustling just to get by. You're hustling, you're doing well. well what's the mindset shift? Where did, what are the lessons you learned or what changed you to get you to there? Yeah. I think, you know, I think for me, there's certainly not just one thing that just was like this pivot, but um, I always knew that I wanted to get out of that area. Like I just was like, I'm done with this. I, and you know, it was just, I'm not like a farmer. I'm not like country hick, you know? So it was like, it was not my jam. I was like, I need to go. I was no, no way. Um, I guess. <laughs> Shut up. So, <laughs> so uh, we used to go to Canberra a lot to go shopping like for clothes and stuff because you, you can't really get clothes down where we've like it's a snowy clothes shop so I think just like exposure to like other places you know being able to travel like we were talking the other day I went on a cruise ship when I was 17 and met met some of Ryan's friends actually on the cruise <laughs> met some characters I've never been on a cruise <laughs> the country no, yeah well <laughs> But, but what it, what, like meeting, I met some girls from America and stuff. I think I was like, oh, there's, you know, I guess as you grow up and you get exposed, you're like, oh, there's a, the world outside of this small town. Great, and, you yeah. know, I was lucky enough to like, I just wanted, I wanted to experience that. So I think, you know, it was never a question that I was going to leave um, that, that place. Like I just knew. And mom, I think from I was about 18, 19, as soon as I started working, mom didn't pay for anything. I like paid for my car, paid for my phone. Like I did not have a leg up at all. Like I was straight into the workforce and I love that. Like I was like, I just want to be independent. Mom, it wasn't actually. That's really important laws. Hey, like my, I'm the same. Yeah. I am. Um, same. I paid board 50 bucks a week from the time I was 15. I was working at KFC. Yeah. And then as my wage increased, my board increased. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mum wasn't smart enough to do it percentage-wise, so she used to just add 50 bucks on top. And I'm like, I'm not earning double the money. How am I paying <laughs> double the rent? But it got to a point where you were... I was, yeah, yeah, I was paying half the rent. Yeah. But honestly, like that, to me now, back then, I hated it back then. And then my sisters yeah. got off a little bit easier. My sisters did pay money, but there were, you know, my sisters were a little bit different to me in the sense that... Um, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like I feel like it was very different me growing up to to my sisters. Whereas I, I paid, and the girls are like, "Oh, if I've got it, I'll pay you." Um, yeah. But 
we all sort of come out okay. I, I think you, the, that enforced board or that enforced rent, at the time you hated it. Most people go, oh, well, if your mum's got the money, then that, that's what... Yeah. Well, mom, mom, I, I disagree. I, I think... Mum used to do the same, but mum, this is me. So I used to, I earned, like, I've been working since about 13 and I used to hustle and I used to... I didn't go to schoolies because I wanted to take everyone else's shift so I earned all the coin, right? And... And I go, and I remember, I mean, I, cr- I moved out of home at like seventeen. I was like twice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you would. I moved out of home at like seventeen, right? Because I went in, and Mum was charging me fifty bucks a week for it, and she also gave me a loan for my first car. And I had enough cash to pay, and I was like, I want to pay. And she's like, I like, I'd walk in with like three grand in cash. I'm like, Mum, take me money. And she was like, No. She's like, No, you'll pay me fifty bucks a week every week. And I was just like, Fuck, I can't cop this, like. And it was just a just a responsibility lesson, and yeah. something that's really good. I don't, I don't mate. This is a good one, actually. His dad took board from him from the time he was 14, nine months until the time he was, I think, 18, maybe. 21, mate, 18 or 21. And then he took the money and then what he would do is he would charge expenses for electricity and he'd charge all his stuff. My mate was hating it for Did years. He was like, no, he doubled it. So he had saved his entire amount of money and then he doubled that and then my mate bought it 19. It was, it was 18 because he bought his first house at 19 based off of that savings. Yeah, right. wow. So, I mean, it taught him at the same time as being able to help him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not, not, not everyone has that capacity. Like the, the extra 50 bucks helped my mum. I remember it helped my mum. Like some yeah. nights I'd give her the 50 in advance so that we could eat. Yeah. Like I, I, I knew that, but I did that just the, the inkling of knowing you had to pay someone and that life wasn't free, regardless of whether it was 10 bucks or a hundred bucks yeah. change because from that time on, I moved out. I lived in a unit by myself in Blacktown. And from that time on in, it didn't matter where I lived, I paid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's such an important point, I think. Yeah. So true. My sisters had it easy as well. Like, I, I tell them, You're they the know. What's that? You're the eldest? Yeah. So they, you know, I think it was a bit of circumstance. Like, mum, I moved out and then mum got diagnosed, diagnosed with breast cancer. So while the girls were going through like HSC and stuff. So they, I think it was a bit of like guilt, Millie. Mum was just trying to, I don't know. And so they got everything paid for, like health insurance, like car, phone. Then they went, they both went to uni. So they did like kind of, they went down a different path than me. I was like straight into work and they were uni. So they were getting paid. I think their first year of like the, the board at uni was paid for and stuff. So like, they definitely took longer. Like, actually, they didn't grow up as quick as what I did, you know, getting thrown into work first and stuff. They were like, just couldn't take on responsibilities, couldn't handle as much. They were calling mum more, like, and, you know, I love them. But I think it just, they're okay now, but it was definitely such a different upbringing for them. I think it was kind of all a bit of guilt, a bit of, like, mum trying to just maybe hold on to them a bit longer. I didn't want yeah, them to yeah. kind of... I mean, the young, like I'm the, you're the eldest. I'm the, I'm eldest. the eldest, so we're all the eldest, and we all got the same story. Yeah. Your sisters, are, yeah. same thing. I think it just, I they think learn. The parents learn, yeah. Like they, I think they, they just relax a bit too, you know. Like they just yeah. like, and they have regrets. Oh, I was a bit too hard here. I was a bit too hard yeah. there. <laughs> because my like my second sister, she had a little. But I mean, she was so much more advanced than me in life way before. Like she bought her first. On it, she's the she's the apple of the family. Like she's a gun. Yeah. She's so good. She's like she's a school teacher. She's married to the dream. Like if you want your sister to marry someone, this is the dude. She's not married to me, <laughs> but she 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 just sort of took it another way. That's it's such an important thing because like I went one way, I was taught one way, and I went one way. She was taught another way, a different up, upbringing went 
complete separate and we were brought up in the same household. Yeah. It just goes yeah. to show mindset. It's, yeah, know? it's strange. Like I say this in my household, Don, there's three of us and we're all raised pretty, pretty much the exact same way and two of us are very similar and one's completely different. And it's just, yeah. that's crazy. That's a great, you know, people on your perspective and how you look at the, the way you're brought up. All right, so tell us, it's all like we said, how, uh, why and, and when and that kind of stuff. How? How did you make the move? Like, what, what did you do? What were the, the steps you put in place what to... to do to move three days later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how did you actually do it? So if other people watching want to, you know, whether it's yeah. up and out of a country life or whatever, how did you do it? What, do you, what made you do it? Like, you know what made you do it, but how did you do it? Yeah, obviously like I did meet someone so that kind of I was still working and stuff but I think a big shift for me was when I had my daughter Mackenzie so I was 23 I was 22 21 22 it was young mum but like it was all planned I was like I want kids like I just wanted that life we'd bought a house we'd got engaged and everything so um I had Mackenzie and I guess like growing up, I always had this idea that like when I have children, I, I will get to stay home. I'll be a stay home mom, like everything, you know, I'll be able to stay home for like a minimum year and you know, everything's amazing. And um, when that didn't happen, like when I couldn't, I literally had to go back to work so we could afford to pay the mortgage and everything. It's kind of like a bit of a shocker because like, oh, <laughs> it's not, it doesn't just happen, you know, and um, made me really start to think like, so I was working full time for a travel agency at that time, like didn't hate what I did, but I guess I was just like, I'm not really going to be going anywhere with this nine to five wage. Like I, you know, like I don't see anything changing. Like, and if I want to spend more time with Mackenzie and have that time with her as she's growing up, I need to do something different. And so that, that was kind of this moment where I started looking around for like how I could do something, like what could I do, you know, and I was not smart at school. I was not, I did not apply myself in school. I hated school. So I was kind of like, well, I'm not like, I didn't go to uni. I don't have any qualifications. Like what the hell am I going to do? That's going to actually get me this life that I want. And at the time was when I saw a girlfriend that I'd, I'd really only met once start her album business. She was a few months in and I guess I'd heard of it before, but I, it made me kind of look at it differently. The fact that she was doing it, how she was running it. She was online. She wasn't salesy. She wasn't doing like parties and stuff, which is kind of like what I'd always thought album was. Mm. Um, so it's all like timing. It's a bit of a coincidence that she started doing it. And I actually reached out to her and was like, can I, you know, get a bit of information? Can I, can I, you know, ask what it is that you do? So I looked into it and um yeah the rest is like history i i i just kind of ticked all those boxes of like being able to create a life and create time because i didn't want to commit to and even now i'm very hesitant of like committing to to something if it's going to take away all my time because at the end of the day time is the most precious quantity that we have you know we don't get it back like money can come and go but time for my children and that flexibility so um yeah, that was kind of like the how I stumbled across, you know, a vehicle to be able to create the life that I wanted. Yeah, cool. And so looking back, if we go, we'll go into a bit of the hindsight and foresight stuff now. Looking back, what are some of the big things, the lessons you learned or some of the things that you would have changed or maybe pivoted a bit differently to get to where you are a bit quicker? We're going to go into, into more detail, into the money, there's that stuff. But just, yeah. is there any experiences or any significant points that you can think of that you would, you could, would consider? And if you go back and tell yourself, obviously, 
you know, you've had a few things that you'd probably tell yourself to steer away that you couldn't tell anyway, but what are some things that like maybe just lessons for other people as well that you could tell, you know, pivot or be cautious of to pivot around? Yeah. It's funny when you think about these though, because like they, they shape you into who you are, like all of the struggles, all the lessons, like I'm not sure I'd actually change much because it would, you know, I've learned and grown so much as a person through the challenges, through the struggles, like that is made me who I am today and made me, you know, so much stronger. But a couple of things, one, I think, you know, especially now, especially in this day and age with technology and social media and like the pressures that young people have on, on being a certain way, like looking a certain way, buying things to impress people. Like, like, you know, I, I think I look back and I'm like, you know, some of those things actually weren't the right thing for me. Like I, I kind of, I wanted to, to impress, I wanted to do like, you know, even just for example, like I was having this conversation the other day about weddings, right? Um, people, I think people have wedding, big weddings sometimes because they think that's what they have to do. Like they, and they see magazines and they want that dress and they want that, they think they have to have that ring and they have to have this day. And, and sometimes it doesn't actually bring that person joy. Like to, to do you really want to spend, you know, $70,000? Like, is that worth it? So I guess just looking back and really making decisions based on what brings me joy, what, what, what did I really truly want, you know, what, and what aligns with me and my goals. If you want, if you think $70,000 for a wedding, you know, will bring you all the joy in the world, then do that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I think looking back, like, yeah, there's just, there's so much pressure and, and, People think that yeah. they spend, if they, they buy or go into debt on everything where yeah. there are only, like for our wedding, like we talked about this the other week, was like there yeah. were some things that spending the extra money did, but there was a million of things yeah. that going real cheap on didn't change our, our night at all, our day at all. And yeah. I think that people just think expensive wedding, great day, where you go, hang on, what actually, what's yeah. the part of that wedding that we can spend on that's going to bring us happiness? I think it's just yeah. conscious of whether or not it's actually what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes it's super hard. This, we, is, this we, is what we're trying to do is just open people's mind and go, think about it. We're yeah. not saying don't, just think just about it. We're not, we're not saying don't have a 100K wedding. Just if, if that's not for you and you're doing it for Joe Blow, don't do it. Okay. You know? yeah. like we, we, had, we got married. We, we spent quite a bit on our wedding. Um, but I wouldn't change it for the world because everything we did yeah. was thought about. It was, it was like set up well. Yeah. Like we spent... I, I'm such an impulsive person. We spent massive money on our honeymoon and I got in big shit. Like I lived, like I left the, I, I walked into the place and I left and then I called my wife and she was like, how much was it? And I go, <laughs> anyway, it literally, literally, I would not change it for the world. Once we had it yeah. and experienced it, I would never change it for the world. Right. Other people might go, well, you spent whatever you spent on your wedding. That's, that's ridiculous. I would never spend that. Well, that, well that's well, that's all cool. But we thought about ours. I, I didn't just go and do it and then regret it. And I yeah. feel like the majority of people now, like, if you want the Louboutin bag, like, I, I'm, I'm, a bad, I'm a bad person to speak to about this because I buy shit. I'm a buyer. Yeah. I'm a spender. But when I yeah. buy it, I say I'll buy it for my wife and I'll never regret that. I'll regret buying it for me because I didn't need it. But I'll never regret buying it for her. Or I'll never regret buying yeah. it for kids because that's who I ultimately want to impress. And I don't buy it to impress you 
You, you, yeah. you get what I mean? And I feel like that's the biggest, um, the biggest issue at the moment is everyone's so, like so many people forget they're even in a relationship. They're so worried about what Instagram thinks of them or, or the world yeah. thinks of them that they, they forget the person that sleeps next to them at night and they're, and they're married to and they forget what, what, you know, they, how they met or how they got together. And the dollar so, figure yeah. is nothing. It's the mindset more, which people have the, tr the trouble with, I think. You know? Yeah. It's a very empty kind of like, you're never going to be fulfilled if you're doing it for someone else or to fit a certain mold or to impress or to get followers. Like you're always going to be chasing that. And it's not. There's some people get married or have kids just for the likes on Facebook and Instagram these days. I swear to it. Like just because they want a big post like. Literally. Like it's crazy. I think it's just. Yeah, I finding, get, I get finding the, yourself. The influence, the people making like making it as a business, right? I I don't generally have an issue with what they with what they do. Like I've worked with a lot of paid influencers before, and a lot of online influencers. And my thing is, if you're going to be an influencer, influence. Don't mm. like like I worked with so many people who were like, "Yep, yeah, I'll take the hand out," but you're not getting nothing back out of me. Like I don't go and give you free yeah. shit. Because I want to, like, I'm trying to present my brand and ultimately the influencer becomes a better influencer by doing their job. People who are pretty and, and are just put up in, in G-strings and, and bras, oh, they can only go so far. There, there are certain people online who are doing really well. There's a, there's a girl from the Central Coast called Mel Watts. She's a mummy blogger and she's incredible. Like the stuff she does, she puts out, like my wife watches her, she makes the woman feel empowering that's to me so that's an influencer right yeah. if you're going to do that no worries but if you're just gonna if you're gonna post you know go share something about teeth whitening for instance but but not share their shit take their free stuff and not share you know you're not yeah. an influencer for that. You know? i think you touched on a good point before but Loz, uh, that we have it's come up a few times which is good is it's hard to look back on yourself and go what lessons do I want to chat? Why would I pivot? Because what happened to me built who I am today. So what I want to, what we want to get across with that is a brilliant point because we do go through that stuff. But the idea of what we want to try and pivot is, is saying to people, the, like opening people's minds to consider other people's experiences, to actually think about what's going to happen and whether they want to you know, go through those consequences before it happens. And I think that's a brilliant point because all our hardships make us who we are. And people say, well, everyone should learn their own lessons. But it's just about opening people's minds to maybe not make some of those mistakes. They're not learn, learn, miss, miss out on learning some hard lessons that they didn't have to learn. And I think a wedding's yeah. a great example. Just you were not like we're never saying don't do. You, you guys are both clients. You know, I never say to anyone don't spend money on something that you like, but just yeah. make sure it's the thing that's going to make you the happiest before you do. And if it is, boom, we're, on the trigger. we're becoming so clear now over the past three or four weeks of what everyone's what majority of people that are starting to see success have and it's a consciousness of yeah. what they're actually doing so yeah. the, the major part of the last couple of podcasts has been every single person saying the in different words yeah. that we are just conscious of what it is we do yeah. we're conscious of what we spend not because we don't want to spend it but because that that doesn't benefit me and majority yeah. of people go charlie who we had on charles joiner who we had on he pretty much he put it so simple he said for him, he's an athlete. He said, if it makes my body feel good, I do it. And if it doesn't, I don't. And it was like, it was, yeah. I mean, it's an easy thing to say, but as a 25 year old kid to say, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to party anymore because my body doesn't like it, but I am going to train and I am going to eat well because it does. Ultimately, mm -hmm. just switch that up into business, relationships, lifestyle, yeah. whatever you did, money, anything you did, if you just listen to those 
the conscious thoughts in your body, ultimately you fast track your whole life. Yeah, that's right. You know, and Loz, you like Loz is good at this stuff. Loz is um, Loz is in the last probably two years, Loz, you've you've dramatically changed, and your business is pretty successful up until that point. But I think in the last two years, the rapid growth Loz has had both in life and in business has been phenomenal. I think that's a great point about you. Like you, you've I've seen you can become more conscious with all that as well. Your business actions, your your relationship actions, your money actions, everything, you know what I mean? So I think they're all a, tied in, yeah. Like yeah, they're all really one. Like if you're making good consciousness decisions yeah. everywhere, like all of a sudden it all starts falling into place. That's right. All right, yeah. let's go into the triangle of happiness, Loz. So this everyone, our listeners, all twelve of them, no <laughs> we'll know that um so it's my feet a bit. Um, so we all know that we all know that yeah that our triangle to happiness is the three main key components: money, living, and health. So we will get into those. Let's talk. Let's start money. The the main thing that gets everyone attracted. My my specialty, money. What what is you know looking back on yourself. Um, what are some money lessons that you've learned, or some things that you could you know you could go back and talk to yourself about around that that area. Good mm. or bad. Good or bad. By the so way. Many. Yeah. So many. I mean, a good one was going and getting help from you <laughs> because I definitely I needed help. Well done. The first person that said that. On no, the like I genuinely, I'm, I'm genuinely saying that. Um, but yeah, oh my God, I've made so many mistakes. I think one thing definitely uh, growing up, like I don't really know, like I don't, I don't know. I kind of was like, it's above my head. So like, I just won't worry about it. Like, I'll just like, it's not like a later problem with money. So like, I was like, Oh, well, I don't, I don't know. So like, I'll just spend it, <laughs> you know? Um, and I've, I then got in a relationship and all the money was managed for me, which probably wasn't good either because I was basically getting told like, you can spend this. You can't spend this. Like here's, you know, I really, so you went didn't... from one scale to the other. Yeah, literally. So then, without the, um, without the thought of why you can spend this and why you can't spend this, you need the lesson to understand that yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just just not being not saying that I was controlled, but like being more involved in that process, I think is important. You know, for couples to kind of unless you don't want to do that. Like I know some women are like, "Yep, my man sorts it. That's good." But yeah, I just probably I definitely change like my mindset changed. It was very much like a, a lack mindset because you know it was always like. I didn't have the money. We don't have the money that, you know, like I was always kind of like not in and amongst that. Um, and then I, I guess I'm very influenced by like, I was very influenced by relationships. Like I, I got into a relationship and, you know, was, I was earning more. So I was kind of like stepping up and like doing things out of love, like supporting um, and kind of maybe not making the best decisions that aligned with me and, my children and my future um, and was kind of dragging someone along who was just not on the same page. And I think, you know, if you, if you are in a relationship, like you've got to make sure you make smart decisions. And I definitely didn't protect myself financially through that. And coming out of that really bad breakup was left like with just behind like you know years behind where I should have been and where I was um because of all that so that was really hard like dealing with a hard breakup but also that like financial situation I was like damn like I'm left with it's not mine and like because I I was like I'll do it I'll pay for it like I'll you know put it on my interest free like what I was just you know doing doing things out of love but 
we've got to kind of consider and Brian's really good at this now like protecting me and making sure the decisions that I make you know are still you know I mean in relationships obviously we want to be together but also like separate and I think I definitely made a lot of mistakes along the way in that sense um I learned this when when I'm a little while after I met B so any relationship I've ever been in before, I'm very similar. I've made so many yeah. just terrible decisions based off of relationships. I've given yeah. and given and given and, and you know, left myself with nothing on, on numerous occasions and walked away like I lost a fifty I lost a fifty thousand dollar car at twenty-three and like a like a shitload of stuff where it didn't need to happen and I bl like blatantly was you know, my fault on me. It's not it's not even something they've done wrong wrong. It was literally me being silly with, with yeah. my money, but well, I look back at that now and it's a massive hindsight I think for me is I look back at that and I go in all of those relationships within three months I knew I wasn't going to be that person forever. I think it's, and I stayed. Yeah, but you two are both classic. You guys are so similar of, of, and Loz, what you're saying, you are both earners, right? You both, and we talked about this on your podcast, like you have no trouble earning money. You need to find money, you'll find it. And that, that can be a trait when you get someone who's not like that, a bit of a, a dead weight or a bit of a whatever you because you know you can earn it you don't worry about it but then you don't look at the long-term issues there and i think yeah. it becomes a power struggle and you were yeah. saying what well, with women like some women just like their men to look after their money which isn't bad but i would always encourage like i think one of the lessons to is it doesn't have to be fun to plan or like it's a good idea or whatever but one of the best parts with you're lucky now in your current relationship the, the power balance is pretty good right because you're both self-sufficient right so but in that other instance, there needs to be a mediator, like someone who, one person can control money, that's fine, but there needs to be an agreement because the amount of times people have come into me like that and been like, and the husband's like, no, I'll earn the money, she'll spend what I tell her to spend. And you've got to, like, there, there's a balance in the relationship of the things they do and you've got to try and find that and, and have that mediator in there to make sure that there's an understanding that whatever you're doing with your money is on, you know, even if it's separate, it's on the same path to succeed in each individual's right because you're both putting as much into this relationship as possible, not just money. Yeah. And I think that's where the, the the triangle of happiness is really important because some people will see money being the main focus of that relationship, not understanding what the other parts of the component the other person might be bringing. Well, if it is the, if it is the main focus of the relationship, it's probably a drama. Yeah? That's right. And then if it's if money is the main yeah, focus sure. of the relationship you're in, except a business relationship then generally it's a, it's a yeah and, and, and even if you are if you're the one like in your instance there laws like if you you're, you're pushing out you're paying for everything that kind of thing they need they need to be a conversation and a sit down to be like hang on what how is this looking how is this benefiting us and like we were yeah. and i went i'll put out Gemma and i went through a stage there where i was earning really good money and then the, the money stopped and i was still no nah, i've got to do this got to do this and she had to sit me down and go babe this isn't like what you're doing isn't good for us. Like it's not, mm -hmm. it's not helping us. And we, and it really, that fully changed our life and turned it around because we sat down and had a conversation about that. But that conversation's hard to have. Like that conversation, unless you're, There's a lot of hard conversations. you're a very open person, that conversation's hard to have, but it needs to be had. And I think a lot of people, what they, what they do is they shy away from those confrontational, like that doesn't need to be a bad conversation. No. Either. That can yeah. be a, Hey babe, look, you've done really well. You know what? You, you've taken a step back, but, time to fucking pull your head in like it, yeah. it, you can have that conversation and when you when you are married or when you are with a with your partner those conversations ideally save your relationship yeah. because if you don't have it two years later down the track you go what remember when and that's when it all blows up so what if you're going back just to finish off the money one laws 
going back, if you could talk to yourself, what's the, what's some of the advice you would give yourself? Not like that's obviously a, a point in your life that was pivoted and changed and they're sort of the experience. What is, what would you go back and talk to yourself? What do you wish you sort of maybe did a little bit differently or, or to, to probably to... just took, took a little bit more control, like had more awareness of what I was doing. Um, I'm a very like, I think you spoke about this the other day. My mindset's kind of like, well, I can only save this much. So like, there's no point. <laughs> like if it was, if it's not a good amount, then like, what's the fucking point? I won't do it. I'll just spend it. So I like, obviously you don't get anywhere with that. Like you, you're never going to get anywhere. So like actually maybe creating healthier habits with saving, even if it was a small amount, so learning how to do that and have discipline with some form of savings or investment or something. Cause you know, I didn't really, yeah, like didn't, I've never really been able to save up until this year. <laughs> it's always just goes. I'm like, oh, this money, like I'll spend it. So, um, yeah, like, don't, don't talk to me. He gets so grumpy at me. I can't like it, but I can't save, but I can buy jet skis. Yeah, that's why I can't save because I'm riding. Yeah, jet skis. no, you I'm can't saying... save, you won't save. No, Maybe, no, let's, there's not... a lesson for people. Listen. Stop saying you can't save, <laughs> it's you won't save. Yeah, you won't. Yeah, it's not that I can't save. I, I, and on numerous occasions throughout our lives, or my life, there have been large sums of money that I've saved, but I've chosen to take life advantages and go to Vegas a couple of times with that. <laughs> but, but no, no, we, um, is, we, we, since I met Ryan, we re he really focused, he pretty much said to me, you're a spender, it's not going to change. Yeah. Just start spending money on shit that's going to make you money. So yeah. that's ultimately my, my goal. And my, my biggest issue is, is I'll go all into something. And, and he sort of said that, that to, to me now, like we've got nine franchises and I'm going, all right, well, now I've spent that money to, to buy those franchises. They're not even really off the ground flying yet. Where's the next business? And he's like, just relax, just stop for a second. Yeah and take it all in and, and like let's put some away and make some smart decisions but that's yeah i'll sort him out don't worry he's, he's doing better since we started chatting already so when i get when i get him he, when he gets to the stage you and me are at laws he'll be killing it don't worry we'll have a we'll have a